Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit IBM.com slash Watson Assistant. Windows, look, looks like it's not just my ravens. What in Seven Hills is going on in Toronto? Well, whatever it is, seems to have spread. Dwayne, we've got to get to Crane City. I agree. Oh, wait, my audition. It's tomorrow night. Don't worry. I'll get us there in no time, for I am as fast as a wind. Welcome to The Jump. I'm Rachel Nichols, joined by the Hall of Famer, Tracy McGrady. And yes, the co-star of Game of Zones, Brian Windhorse. Shout out to the Game of Zones guys, Adam and Chris Malamut, because that was spectacular. Brian, what was your reaction when you saw that? Rachel, this is why on these shows I only go from the chest up. You don't see the waist down. <laughs> hey, Brian, I mean, can we get a sample of the accent? Come on, man, just a little bit. Cream Cite. Let's go to Cream Cite. How about it. for the finals? Here we, we need you to do the rest of the show like that, Brian. And we have good topics today coming up. We're going to talk about Scotty Pippen. Not everybody remembers he was traded on draft night in 1987. But what if the Seattle Supersonics had just held on to him instead? We will explore that later. First, though, for weeks now, guys, Adam Silver has been telling those inside the NBA he wouldn't make any decisions on the future of this season until May 1st at the earliest. Well, you know what today is. Yeah, May 1st. And our Adrian Wojnarowski is reporting Silver is telling teams he remains determined to finish this season, with places like Las Vegas and Disney World being thrown around as possible bubble locations. To do this, though, the key is testing. Woj says the league estimates they would need approximately 15,000 coronavirus tests. Those would cycle through the remaining weeks or months of play. And that while those tests actually could be privately paid for and produced right now, they are aware of how that would look if the American public's need for testing has not been met first. So, Brian, what do you see as the challenges facing the commissioner right now? That's that's it. That's it, Rachel. The public relations issue with the testing. Uh, there was a memo sent out by the league last night, and it was not a memo about how we're going to get back to playing. It was a memo that said, everybody, if your players do not have symptoms, you do not get tests. You don't care. He doesn't care if you can get tests or if you have a private way of doing it. He doesn't want it done. And here we are six weeks off of the last NBA game, and we still have a problem with testing. And with the way that the NBA has decided to go forward and and it makes sense from a public relations standpoint. Uh, there is no way to go forward until we have testing ubiquitously across the country. And I don't know how far we are from that. And neither does the NBA. Yeah, I, I, I mean, is it really worth it, though? I understand it because I, I think this season they have to play so many games to get the television money. I get that. There's a lot of money out there and a lot of money at stake. But it, it's just having to go through so much just to restart up this season. And then you don't even know if all your players are in the best condition to continue playing this season. So, I mean, I know they, they, they're trying to cross their T's and dot their I's and make sure they exhaust every every possibility to start this season. 
I just think it's a little bit too much. Well, look, if they get there, and as you guys know, that is a big if, Woj's article mentions Las Vegas and Disney World, and, and by the way, not the Magic Castle, but the ESPN Sports Complex at, Las, at Disney World, as potential locations for that NBA bubble. Brian, you had a super thorough article today, along with Tim Bontemps, on what it would look like. So explain to me and Tracy what the bubble, give me the specifics. Yeah, we talked to dozens of people, to referees, to players, to coaches, to TV people, to hoteliers. And basically, we figured out that it would take 1,500 people inside a bubble to play the games and to play all the regular season games and to play the full playoffs. It would take around three months. It's a huge commitment of time. And because of that, based on the conversations I've had with league officials, they don't want to do it. They do not want to limit the players to not being able to see their families. So before they in, engage in any sort of bubble concept, before they think about a location or anything, there's got to be a comfort level that they cannot be isolated from their families. That is where the NBA is today. I can't say that's where they're going to be in a month or six weeks. I can't say where our country is going to be in that time, but that's their operating procedure. And again, it doesn't close the door, but it potentially pushes back so Tracy, any kind of return. Player? Do you think that today's players, with the way travel and endorsements is during the regular part of the season, that they wouldn't want to have access to their families when they're in the bubble? Do you think that there could be maybe if it was only a month instead of three months, they might be more okay with it? What would you need as a player to feel comfortable doing something? Well, I think, I mean, for all of us, this is uncharted waters. And there's something that I would have to communicate with my family, with the team, with the players. Um, just to get a feel for them. I mean, we all have to be on the same page in agreement to this. It'd be difficult for for me uh, individually to go out and try to reach my full potential when there's no fans, you know, in attendance to watch these games. And on top of that, I mean, it's you know, you, you're talking about being having this layoff for so many days, um, having to get back in basketball. Uh, shape and how do we do that that is playing basketball so how many regular season games are we gonna have before we get to the playoffs it's just a lot that really comes into play and it's extremely difficult to figure out because we've never been here before yeah absolutely I mean you mentioned the no fans that's something that's already gone on in Taiwan they finished up their regular season and they were able to do it without putting fans in the stands. We have seen um, in Japan, they're testing out doing baseball without fans. And we're going to see it in this country. NASCAR has announced they are coming back mid-May without fans in the stands. Golf Tour has said that it wants to come back in June. No fans on the courses. So I do wonder if athletes in the NBA, and you're far from the only one, Tracy, Paul Pierce has said he doesn't feel like he could be the same player he was without fans. We've heard current players say that. I wonder if over these next few weeks and months, it just becomes a regular part of sports that we see games without fans mm. in the stands athletes' mindsets will start to adjust a little bit. Brian, is there any scenario where fans could be in the stands to finish out this season? I haven't heard one. No, I haven't. It's certainly not on the NBA's uh, on the NBA's charts right now. I could see towards the end of the year potentially having social distancing fans. Uh, certainly, there's there's social distancing with suites and in certain other areas. I think that can that can discussion can be had, but that's low on the NBA's uh, level of uh, right. priorities. We right will now. continue to discuss this, and, and just May first was a huge date for the NBA, and 
Here we are. Coming up, Jeremy Lin is joining me all the way from China. They are also a future test case for the NBA to see how the Chinese Basketball Association is going to come back. So he'll give us the latest on that. He'll also talk about his Linsanity days with the Knicks. Stick around. Here first are a few distant replays. These are from this date in NBA history, and they're so good. Now Benny Hardaway gets it back. I hope Riley is not screaming at anybody about that because there was nothing anyone could do to stop that shot right there. Chapman for the tie. out of shape here. When you take your headband off, I guess that's, that's the ultimate. And then underneath, it's paid off by Wade. How many times has that happened today? Every time that New Jersey's in a critical play and they feel that they were wrong, that Miami scores. It could be a routine drive to pick up the kids after school or an epic road trip across the country. No matter where your travels take you, we know those miles count. We're Marathon. We have over 5,700 stations across our great nation. Our people are working hard every day to provide you with quality top-tier gasoline to improve engine performance and fuel your life. Marathon, fueling the American spirit. Though we're apart these days, we're sharing more. So at Geico, we'd like to say thanks. Thanks for sharing your savage dance moves. Thanks for sharing your DIY haircut fails. Thanks for sharing your inner lip sync star. Now it's our turn to share with the Geico Give Back, a 15% credit on car and motorcycle policies for current and new customers. Because we're committed for the long haul, the 15% credit lasts your full policy term. Visit geico.com slash giveback for more info and eligibility. Just because the game we love is on hold doesn't mean it leaves us. All the hype, all the passion still remain. When you're a fan, you're never alone. NBA fans, we miss you. Can't wait to play in front of you guys again. We're in this together. The NBA on ESPN. Coming up later, it's Sports Center, 5 p.m. with the PTI guys joining the show. And we cap the day with another Sports Center after Secretariat, our Friday night family movie. Welcome to the jump, Jeremy Lin, NBA champion. Always so good to see you and very fun now to get to introduce you like that. Appreciate it. Good to see you again, Rachel. How are you doing? Well, thank you for being with us all the way from China. You've been playing this past season with the Beijing Ducks, except, of course, the season there has been interrupted, just like it's been here. The Chinese Basketball Association had been hoping to start playing again soon. What's the latest with you guys, with what you can do, how you can move around out there? Uh, right now in, in Beijing, it's uh, life is, is getting back to normal. So there's a lot of traffic. Everyone's at work. And, <laughs> you know, the, yeah. The restaurants and the malls are all open. Um, we're working out every day. We get to play and train with the team every single day. It's like a very, very, very long uh, training camp. It's like Groundhog Day, but uh, 
we're figuring it out and we're just waiting to see what happens next and if we're going to have a season or not. Well, you've been very active in the fight against the virus with your wallet. First of all, you've made several substantial donations in both China and America, but also with your public voice. You even responded to Donald Trump when he called COVID-19 the Chinese virus. What made you want to speak out? Uh, My biggest thing was more just, uh, you know, recently we've seen a huge spike in in, uh, hate crimes towards Asian Americans. and, And so it was just scary for me. And the people that I love and stuff that, you know, they were scared to legitimately scared to go to the grocery store and go to the grocery store alone and things like that. So the more we can bring people together during a very divisive time um, like that, that that was kind of the intention and the motivation. It's definitely needed. I know you're going to keep speaking out. You're also speaking with your game before coronavirus suspended the season over there. You were having quite the year. And the hysteria for the fans over there for you, Jeremy. People are screaming, fainting wherever you go. What has been your most insane moment with the Chinese basketball fans? Oh, I, I have some crazy stories. But, uh, you know, there's times when I literally can't get to the hotel elevator on the road. I have my assigned room and I always do a secret switch that my teammates don't even know about. So no one knows what room I'm in. But somehow still... There will be fans waiting outside my door sometimes or or things like that where, like, you know, we need to have security just, like, standing outside my door um, and shooing away people. Uh, it's been wild, but I, I love it. I love my fans. And this is, uh, you know, kind of what I had mentioned, this is the closest thing to insanity in New York. Uh, it reminds me a lot of that. Yeah, well, it's a good week for it. The Knicks are doing a whole win sanity week on MSG Network. They're replaying some of your best games, and that's notable to me because your departure from the Knicks was rocky. So when they said, hey, now we want to devote a whole week to you, what did you think? When I first got the call from my agent, like, hey, they want to do this, I was floored because, you know, with COVID, right now, New York is going through one of the toughest times that it has seen in decades. And the Knicks were like, hey, we need to do something to uplift everybody and they have a whole history of games that they can air and they chose my games and i was just like are you serious um i was like wow that is amazing like even for me i was like i'm still recognizing and realizing that maybe the impact that that stretch had on people and honestly i I never expected that and and uh i mean it is such a yeah I, i was floored well, you are a permanent part of New York Knicks history. You're also a permanent part of NBA history now because I started this interview saying you're an NBA champion, of course, on the Toronto team that beat the Warriors last June. And usually you get to say you're the reigning champion for a year. With the way things are going right now, it's at least possible your Raptor squad from last season is going to be the NBA's first two-year champion. Have you thought about that? <laughs> I've actually never thought about that. Well, I don't know why I didn't think about that. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> well, with the size of the ring I know that they got for you, maybe it does deserve to be two years. Do you feel different now that you played on the championship NBA team? First off, that ring is going to make you feel different, no matter what. Like Just seeing the ring and, and the pure size of it. Um, but, you know, for me, playing playing on the team and being a part of that it, it motivated me a lot you know and and I'm so glad to have experienced it and you know to, to make history uh first Asian American to to be an NBA champion and uh and so I'm like dude this is once in a lifetime stuff well you've got all the tools now 
I hope that you actually start to play basketball again sometime soon. <laughs> and uh, we'll see if you're a two-year champion or a one-year champion. Jeremy, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Coming up, Scottie Pippen was traded from the Sonics to the Bulls on draft night in 1987. What changes for the Sonics? And, well, yeah, for the Bulls. If that trade doesn't happen, we're going to play a little What If. Coming up next. Stay tuned. It could be a routine drive to pick up the kids after school or an epic road trip across the country. No matter where your travels take you, we know those miles count. We're Marathon. We have over 5,700 stations across our great nation. Our people are working hard every day to provide you with quality top-tier gasoline to improve engine performance and fuel your life. Marathon, fueling the American spirit. The Last Dance continues with episodes 5 and 6, Sunday at 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 Pacific. And now it's time to debut a new series we're launching on the jump called When Did You Know? Our first installment features one of the stars of The Last Dance, the Hall of Famer, Scotty Pippen. I kind of knew then, like, wow, I'm going to be playing with Michael Jordan. Antonio No one really saw me as making it in the NBA, coming from a small town, pretty much unheard of. But after I finished my college career, I was invited to the uh, Fort Smith Invitational Classic, which is called the Pit. It's where a lot of players that are not first-round draft picks, that's where they go and try to build their stock, give the scouts a second opportunity to see them play. I was invited to the camp coming from a small school in Central Arkansas. Very shocked that I got that opportunity. I did well at that camp and I was thinking that you know I was just gonna do that camp and head back to school and I only packed for that one week as the camp came to a close um, I got a, a call from Marty Blake he wanted me to go to the Aloha Classic and play in Hawaii I was shocked and surprised and happy as hell once I went to that camp I kind of knew that that was my moment I had saw myself rise in my play I saw that one noise being made about me in terms of who I was. A lot of teams wanted to interview me. It was a great feeling because I had never been scouted before, not even out of high school. Even coming out of college, I didn't feel like the scouts were able to uh, come down and watch me play at a small school. I just think that was the golden moment for me that I knew I would be drafted. The Seattle Supersonics select Scott Pippen of Central Arkansas. Scott Pippen from the University of Central Arkansas. He's 21 years old, and that's right, folks. You probably have never heard of Scotty Pippen. A lot of people didn't know about you. The NBA scouts did in the Aloha Classic. You've put Central Arkansas on the map. Uh, you have to feel good about that. Yeah, I feel real great. I think I gave the lead. They I see a lot of publicity by me. Been selected high into the NBA as I did. Before I left my hotel room, my agent and I got a call from Chicago Bulls general manager Jerry Krause. And Jerry kind of told us what was going to go down. He said he had worked up a trade. I kind of knew then, like, wow, I'm going to be playing with Michael Jordan. It was uh, challenging. 
I think the first day I walked in the gym, um, Michael's first reaction to me was, oh boy, we got another one of these Arkansas guys. Going by Jordan, they've got numbers three on one, Jordan in oh. Now the gift to Pippen for Jordan, the slide by Pippen, a beautiful play. That was so awesome. Thanks to Scotty for taking us through his journey into the NBA. Tracy, you are featured in episode two, which debuts next week. So we'll look for that. Right now, though, I want to talk about what if, because watching Scotty talk about being traded on draft night brought up bad memories for Sonics fans, who, by the way, lost their entire franchise 21 years later, but we won't go into that. Brian, what if the Sonics didn't trade their number five overall pick, who turned out to be Scott Pippen on draft night in 1987? <laughs> well, Scotty Pippen wouldn't be Scotty Pippen because even if he had had a great Hall of Fame career like he did, it was his combination with Michael Jordan that made them historically great. And both of them recognized that. As we see in the last dance, it has been talked about in the last dance. Um, maybe one of the worst things that happened to Seattle, one of the best things could have ever happened to the Bulls and Scottie Pippen. Yeah, I, I think he still would have been Scottie Pippen. I mean, the guy was extremely talented, uh, considered one of the best all-around players to ever play the game. Um, I, I say, I would say this, the, the Seattle Supersonics wouldn't have got, gotten swept by the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. They would have at least won one game. I think Pip would have made a difference. I mean, you got to think, his, he was an elite defender, and that's what they needed to slow down Magic Johnson at, his, at the time, as he did when they faced um, the Lakers in, uh, in 1990, 91. Yeah, oh, yeah, that early, yes, but also, also in Portland later. I mean, look, the Sonics mm-hmm. GM at the time, his nickname was Trader Bob. Jerry Krause had discovered Scotty at an invitational tournament that you saw in that little clip there. He was determined to get him. He targeted Trader Bob as the guy who would trade him a pick. And uh, <laughs> Trader Bob wanted to get a big man to help compete in the West and figured, oh, this is great. I'm going to get what I want. Jerry Krause is going to get what he wants. It turned out, as usual, the brand who really got what he wanted was Michael Jordan. And they turned out yeah. to be... One of a pair that we will never forget that will go down in NBA history. I also want to talk about this date in NBA history, Tracy McGrady, because 15 years ago today, it was your first season with the Rockets. Head coach Jeff Van Gundy accused officials of targeting seven foot six center Yao Ming, and he said Mark Cuban was to blame. Now, this might not seem like something we would call back 15 years later, except that little tirade earned Jeff. A $100,000 fine to this day. To this day, T-Mac, it is the largest ever fine for a coach. What was going on? Well, they were doing a, a bad job of officiating uh, Yao. He was getting in foul trouble early in games, and it was really uh, putting our team in a deficit. Um, one through six games were close, like five five points or less, and we get to game seven and lose by 40 points because y'all got in early foul trouble. He, I mean, it was worthy of it. <laughs> worthy of $100,000. I don't know if Jeff agrees with that. I don't think Jeff thought it was worth 100000 no. then, and I don't think he thinks it was worth <laughs> it right, now. Before we go, on a Friday, T-Mac, the world needs to know, what was going on in your house? Because you posted on your IG stories, bats flying around what looks like your living room. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I had let the kids out to take the dogs out, and the bat flew in, and then it was just scrambling around trying to freaking get this bat out of my house, finally. <laughs> I boxed him in. Happy Friday, everyone. Don't let that's in the house.